0: Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you are looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now, we're in the book of Genesis, we're continuing to plow this field touching what is referred to as the law of particularization moving from the general to the particular the universe man earth spirit we're touching the creation a principal person who is the cosmological cause of all things and the teleological the designing mind behind everything So I want you to join in with us, pray with us as we travel through the word of God this evening. Certainly we thank God uh, for his goodness. This is the day that the Lord has made and we can rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, My prayer is that uh, whatever challenges you have faced this day, that you look at it as an opportunity, uh, opportunity. View it as an opportunity. And sometimes I have to remind myself that that it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for not only for God to to show up and show out. It's an opportunity for you to show up and show out. It's an opportunity for you. And, you know, we find out how much we have truly grown by the things that we deal with. Things that we are challenged by. We we find out about our maturity uh, through those things. The children of Israel traveled uh, in the wilderness, and there was a purpose for that. The Lord showed them what what their character was like. I showed them when they were faced with challenges. You know when you when you take a sponge and you squeeze it. Whatever that sponge has absorbed, that's what's going to come out of it. And, and so, what are you absorbing? What are you allowing yourself to absorb? So, see, we have to be very careful with uh, what we listen to, what we see, what we put into our spirit, because eventually, it's gonna, uh, the day is going to come that that you, uh, Mr. Sponge, you, Mrs. Sponge, uh, is going to be squeezed you don't know which hand is going to do the squeezing but know this whatever is in you is going to come out now the bible tells us in genesis the 15th chapter and the first verse after these things the word of the lord came unto abram in a vision saying fear not abram i am thy shield and exceeding great reward The 17th chapter in the first verse says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. It's important that we understand that God is our great reward. He is our shield and our exceeding great reward. And that's something we should never forget as well as to lay aside our shenanigans. As the Lord told Abraham, even in this age where when we see someone in that age range, we think that they should have matured. But apparently Abraham had not matured the way God wanted him to until this moment where the Lord speaks to him and tells him to uh, get it together. And so we have some things that we have to get together. You know, we all have to bear this in mind to walk before the Lord and be perfect. That means to walk with a conscious awareness of his presence, a conscious awareness of his word and how he responds to things. Remember, you know, as we always read and as we always quote, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. What are we faithful to? We're faithful unto the Lord. We're bold. We're bold in holding our position and the standards of the Lord. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. You may not feel like it in that moment. Yeah, the Lord never said that that you would. It's always going to feel that way. We're not always on the mountain. Sometimes we have valley experiences. Sometimes we're on the plane. Sometimes we don't know what to do and we're just waiting and hoping to hear a word from the Lord and you know the best thing you could do when you're waiting to hear from God is stay busy stay busy about his business stay busy doing for him what you know he's going to want you to do and and so I'm excited about the Lord this evening and what god is doing you know i've run across some dilemmas some things where i've had to sit down and and take an inventory and look at how things are going which we all must do you know you you can take this from a business perspective that um, business have quarterly reports Uh, some have monthly reports but certainly you're going to have a quarterly report you're going to have annual report and you're accountable to the stakeholders. And they're gonna, they are going gonna—they wanna know how business is going. They wanna know how things are being worked out. We have to take inventory of ourselves and, and check ourselves and see how we're doing. Uh, how are things working out? You know, you be the CEO and check yourself and see what it's like knowing that God is a stakeholder and he wants to know he's made an investment in each one of us when he bre- blew, the breath of life in us. Then he invested. That's an investment. The Bible said, all souls are mine. So he has invested in you, a good investment too. And so if no one has ever told you, then I want you to know this evening that you are a good investment. God invested in you. And so, again, we're excited about the Lord. I just want to share with you that been out. Um, we're looking to move into a particular location for the work of the ministry and as well as to be able to do some things that we cannot currently do for the propagation of the gospel. And I'm excited about that. It is labor-intensive, So there is nothing that you're going to do that is that does not have some labor to it that is not going to challenge you. Now, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, the first chapter in the eighth verse, it said, all things are full of labor. So, and that's just a part of that verse. So all things are full of labor. So uh, the world that we live in, what we do, things that you might desire, whether it's personal, whether it's collectively, you know, whatever it is, it, it it has some labor involved in it. And sometimes we don't think about uh, things being labor intense, but it is. And that includes the gospel, that includes the work. Uh, the Bible said, no man uh, uh, goes forth in this work, and I'm paraphrasing it, uh, without counting up the cost. And so, you know, there's things that, sacrifices that people make, that you may never know about and there are sacrifices that i've made you'll never know about this, except the fact that i said there's been sacrifices made you know for the work of the ministry and you're not going to find anyone involved in ministry that have not made some sort of sacrifice and a sacrifice is not doesn't mean it's going to destroy your livelihood it's going to destroy your home or anything like that it's just a sacrifice that has been made uh, for just like athletes make sacrifices, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not good. You're not good and make it to the NFL. Um, yeah, it, it requires sacrifice. Sacrifices are the ones that make it to the NFL or to the NBA or to the um, uh, MLB, you know, whatever it is, it's not necessarily sports. It's, whatever it is those that graduate college they made sacrifices those that obtain uh, degrees and uh, there are sacrifices made they couldn't run out and and have fun every night as others may have done um, prior to their graduation because there were certain requirements that needed to be met and a sacrifice had to be made for the greater so so let's let's go on into the word of god i'm just excited about jesus i'm excited about what the lord is doing i'm excited about the vision Uh, i'm excited about partaking of it you know and right now my mind is is focusing on that and just enjoying the moment you know sometimes god takes us into places or we see things you know let me let me help somebody out here if you have a desire for something Uh, Don't just sit around and desire it. Go check it out. Touch it. Feel it. You know, it creates, it stimulates the energy and give you a drive um, internally when you go and look at those things that you um, may have a desire for. It, It gives you, it causes the blood to circulate and you start to think about ways of doing things. Now, you do have those that will look at him and say, "Uh, I can't, well, listen, don't hang around him, hang around me and hear what I'm saying. All right, Genesis 19, beginning at the 30th verse, uh, it says, and Lot went up out of Zorah and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. And he feared to dwell in Zorah and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and laid with her father. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, behold, I lay yesternight with my father, let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were born, the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. The same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. So you know um, where the Moabites came from, is the firstborn son of the daughter of um, Lot. And the younger she bore a son and called his name uh, uh, Benham, the same is the father of the Ammon unto this day. And, and so you have two nations of people that are born out of this behavior, this behavior that uh, did not have to occur, but yet it did. Now, we took a, a topic here of uh, the lost a loss of perception leads to distorted actions. And so with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your mercy, for watching over and keeping us throughout this day, how you have blessed us, how you are leading us, guiding us. Lord God, thank you. Oh, ask ask that you would bless the reading and the hearing of your word in Jesus' name, each one that is gathering, each one that will listen later according to their time zones. Lord God, we thank you and ask that you would keep their hearts stirred and stayed on you. Bless your word to remain in our hearts that we do not sin against you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in our sight. In Jesus' name, amen. A loss of perception leads to distorted actions. Now, lost perception means a belief or opinion about something is incorrect. It is a false or inaccurate perception. Understand it is marred. And you you have friends and sometimes you've experienced it, maybe even for yourself, where your perception, what you're seeing is not, it's just not, um, Clear, but in your mind it is. Now, every one of us needs to understand this, and, and I went through a hard lesson in life where I went through some very, a very painful experience, and I learned about perception. I learned about perception um, from that experience. Uh, my pastor was telling me that it is real in their mind, and when something is real in a person's mind, or when the way they think, that's their reality. That's their reality. It doesn't mean it's true, but in their mind, that's their reality. Now distorted means things have been pulled or twisted out of shape, also presenting a false account or impression or misrepresentation. Uh, so there are multiple types of perception. We have visual. So what do you see is a perception. Do you see it the same way as I do? Is the color of the dress on a computer screen green or is it um, orange? You know, uh, perception. Uh, A scent is a perception, what we smell. A touch, what you feel. You physically lay your hands on something, you know, and it's a, and perception is so wow. You know, many of us have our vision and we can see, and then you have those that read Braille um, because they their vision is not clear, but they can clearly understand what they are touching. Perception, sound. What you hear is a perception. Sometimes we hear the right thing. Sometimes we interpret what we hear incorrectly. Taste. We have taste buds, and you know that if your smell goes, uh, that it impacts. It has an impact on your taste buds. During the time that COVID, which COVID is still out there, don't take it. Don't think that it's not. Sickness is still around, but people lost a, a sense of their taste buds, and, and so some could not taste the. Uh, if they ate something spicy, it didn't it didn't impact them. It had they didn't have no no taste, no perception. The taste buds are shot. It was impacted by the sickness, and so um, that is a source of uh, perception. Sometimes you may be watching a movie and it's really crazy where um, they see something red on the floor, and they touch it to see if it's really blood, and even taste it. To see, it. you know, they may not. They don't do that today. But some of the older movies, they show people doing that, and it make you cringe because that's pretty disgusting. There is a perception, a social perception, the interpretation of other people and their behavior. What you, what you're experiencing with someone. Now, today they have a new form uh, that they call mental health. We're not going to talk about mental health, but it is a social perception and um, people will not talk about demon possession or oppression, even though that is real. They want it. They will talk about mental health. But I, again, I want to encourage you, want you to know Jesus, God, is not confused about a person's issues. Now, some of us can use each of these, all of them, even simultaneously. But there are those that are limited in some areas. Uh, I, I wear glasses. And, and so my vision, as far as what I see, uh, is limited depending on what I'm looking at or where, how I focus it, how close I move it to me, how far away it is how small it is you know there are certain insects i will not see because of um, my vision and when i put my glasses on they must run (laughs) because because i can see them you know so um, and so there are certain things that that we you know that we experience at different times and for different and there are signs that tell us when our perception is off You know, let's say, for instance, that you when you're reading, you get a slight headache that's telling you that your 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 vision is having a problem. And so that's when I found out that I needed glasses as I was uh, uh, an Excel developer or Excel person specialist, so to speak. And I start transposing numbers. i was transposing ones and sevens and eights and nines and sixes and i needed glasses at that time and so when you same thing with all the other ones your smell might be off did you smell that and everybody else can smell it but you something's wrong you know you don't feel it it's a blessing when sometimes you feel a little pain and you like oh my gosh you know and you start to pray about it and this stuff. It is a blessing that you felt pain because that pain is an indication something is wrong. And so that pain touched you and you can now go and find out exactly what is why was causing it. Or maybe you might already know. So these are just a few things that we deal with, you know, the, the lack of smell or can impact taste and sight and judgment and a single touch can change your life. Listen. Our perception gets us in trouble sometime, too. Uh, We, uh, when targeted by emotions and when uh, influenced by others, it can get us in trouble. The Bible tells us in Genesis, the third chapter, and I'm going to read the fourth and the sixth verse. It says, and the serpent said unto the woman. Listen, listen. now we have sound going on. The serpent said unto the woman. uh, So there's sound. You shall not surely die. Uh, he is influencing a situation. He is influencing her perception. The sixth verse says, and when the woman saw, so now we have vision, saw that the tree was good for food and she had not touched it. She hadn't tasted it, but she saw. How many things have we saw and we thought it was all right? Hey, that looked good, you know? <laughs> and so we went for it only to find out that it was not good for us. It was not good for us. You know, my hand is up. I'll be the first one to say that That in life I've experienced that before. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. Some things you look at and you laugh when you think about it. And some things you look at and you laugh when you think about it and you're laughing to keep from crying. You know? <laughs> and so when when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired. Look at the emotions. Now her emotions are stirred up to make one wise. Now she wouldn't absolutely know this yet, but she's been influenced. Remember the serpent said, and so she's been influenced. And then she took, she touched it. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. So now there is stimulation of what we have: vision, we have sound, we have touch. Um, there's taste, you know. And, and so she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave unto her husband. So now there's social, uh, and um, and he did eat. And so they they got pretty, they got into some trouble there, some serious trouble that impacted all of the world, all humanity by one man's sin. By one man, a sin was ushered into the world. Uh, but by the second man, Adam, uh, who was the quickening spirit, speaking about Christ himself, uh, we have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Mighty God. When we stop to think about... Mr. and Mrs. Lott. Their daughters, whom I named Letitia. Now, if there's anyone out there with the name of Leticia, I don't know you. So don't I'm not talking about you. I don't know nothing about you. I just, just want to make that uh, very plain and clear. If your daughter name is Letitia and uh you or you have a relative name Latletia, I don't know them. This is just some names that I thought I made up to. You know, to as far as giving these daughters names. And so Mr. and Mrs. Lott's uh, daughters, uh, they were, uh, there are some visible traits there which cannot be ignored. Uh, what I mean is that there are some things that are, that was within Mr. Lott that we see being displayed in the daughters, and there are some things in Mrs. Lot that we see some things displayed in the daughter. Now, initially, Lot viewed the land near uh, Jordan as being the best compared to uh, the current conditions. He looked out and saw everything, and and his perception was that, oh, man, oh, well, it looked good over there. I'm going over there, and so that's what's uh, Abram told him, look, whatever direction you go, I'll go the opposite. So, man, I'm giving you first choice in this as long as we're not tripping with one another and arguing and carrying on over, um, you know, because Abram wanted to keep the peace. And so we're not going to argue over this, man. Uh, nephew, I mean, we're not going to trip over this. Whichever one you choose, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go the opposite way. So he looked over at Jordan and said, hey, I'm going there. I'm going over there. He thought that was the best, you know. Sometimes when you when you're traveling, you it, it looked really green, the grass looked really green, and and then when you stop, you may have to stop because um, you, you need to get something out the trunk. Uh, you may have to stop for various reasons, uh, you know, to pour some water out or whatever. You know, let's just be real. So, you may <laughs> you may have to stop because. You have a child, your, your son in the car, and you had him use the bathroom in a cup, and now you need to pour it out, so you pull it over, all right? And the green that you was passing by at, at 70, 80 miles an hour is not green grass. It's thorns and thickets. It's weeds that are green. And so it looks green on the other side. Now, a lot of us have experienced that. We we went out because we thought that our perception was that it was gonna be better over there, only to find out it wasn't. Now, I don't believe um, uh, that uh, you know you have conditions uh, that existed prior to their moving there. So uh, there was conditions that was in place And but yet they went for it. Now, once they were there, they became part of the community. um, And that is was a community that adhered to their own rules and opposed what God had to say. Now, the only way that they could oppose what God had to say is that someone had an unction, someone had some knowledge of what God stood for, what he meant. Now, today, in our day and time, in our society, People say, well, God, you know, they have their own opinion of what God thinks. You need to open your Bible up and read about what God thinks. And they won't do that because it is going to certainly contradict some things. There are some things that you cannot do. Uh, gentlemen, you may have played the field. You may think you're playing the field and, or anything like that. And then you read the word of God and find out that you are have put yourself in a position as being a a whoremonger or a whore, and so, you know, which is not pleasing to God. You know, you have to um, control yourself, control urges, and so there are those that don't want to control their urges no matter who they are, male or female, and they say, well, God, you know, and they'll make up a, a certain thing about what God has to say, and what, everything God has to say is in his word. That's why the Bible tells us that the day is going to come where the books are open, and judgment begins and so um, they became part of the community a community that adhered to their own rules and opposed god now lot offered his daughters to a crowd of people now i want you to stop and think about that because wouldn't that have an impact on your on your daughter if you offered her to a group of men what would that do to them what would that do to anybody being offered to other people you know for no matter what the reason is uh that's a pretty that was pretty severe and so what impact did that have on lot what impact did that have on his wife what impact did that have on his daughter's um period there there was a lot of things that was going on there you know they were married and they were yet virgins um, I don't, you know, that's sort of unheard of, you know, so they, they didn't consummate their marriage. Uh, so why? Why didn't that happen? What was going on? And the Bible doesn't go in any details to it uh, regarding that. But where was the intimacy at? They were married and yet virgins. When they were told to leave the city, he lingered. Uh, He lingered and was laughed at by his his son-in-laws. So then his wife and his daughters also lingered because they was with him. They didn't leave immediately. They were eventually escorted out of the city and along the way lost their mother. Now, they had to deal with their father's unproven fears. Their father was fearful and fearful. And so uh, Leticia, the names I've given him, and LaQuisha are displaying unproven fears too. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations, uh, maybe maybe a letter, text, news, conversation that leaves you with a number of thoughts to be worked on, uh, thoughts that must be processed and eventually dealt with. Don't ignore uh, news that you receive. You're going to have to deal with it sooner or later, ignoring anything doesn't, or ignoring a situation doesn't make it go away. It could even worsen it. And so, um, and so you have to be careful. So sometimes we find ourselves in situations, you know, be in that situation may occur because of a letter or text or news or conversation that uh, leaves us with a number of thoughts uh, that must be processed and eventually dealt with and how we deal with them. Is the questioning? How do we deal with them? Sometimes we have to step back and gather our thoughts because we'll rush into something, and and we could even make it worse. Now there was a saying that, that was told to me by my godmother that you that she said, when you find your your hand in the lion's mouth, don't snatch it out, and don't snatch it out. Yeah, move it out slowly. how you do things is is strategic. So we have to think about what we're about to do and make strategic moves. How do you process the thoughts running through your mind, which each one of them is trying to take control? And sometimes we have to step back and, if we can, uh, take a nap. Or you may have to go work it out you may have to go jogging you may have to run it out you may have to walk it out you need to sometime uh, our mental requires physical uh, involvement in order for us to get our thoughts together in order for us to act right so that we don't act wrong when our thoughts run rampant they can lead to uh, it can mess up the victory and so you don't want our thoughts you don't want your thoughts just running wild and that's why we say when we face opposition, you know the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God and sometimes we have to stand still and not do anything uh, but don't stand still too long. See standing still don't mean that you do nothing it it means don't be rash, don't jump up and just start doing everything, you know, and so um. It can lead to when our thoughts are running rampant. it can lead to oppression. It can lead to depression, anxiety, you know. And so we have to be careful. We have to step back and take a deep breath, you know, and um, and try to work things out. Maybe we have to make a phone call, set up a meeting, fill it out, you know, Um, and you don't have to be pressured into doing anything. Sometimes when you're dealing with, uh, let's say, the financial situation and someone wants to pressure you into paying a bill and you don't have the money, Don't make a commitment. Let them know that they need to give you a a week to figure things out. And then you figure it out. You have control of your finances, not them. Of course, they want you to pay the whole bill and everything and and take what they can because that's going to look good for them. But it may not be beneficial for you in that moment. So you may have to make minimal payments until things get better. But you work it out with a pencil and paper and figure it out. So that you're not overwhelmed. You still got to put gas in your car. You still may have to catch the bus or the train. You still gonna need to have some food and, and to keep the lights on, and you still gonna have to do some things. And so there's choices that have to be made. And I speak that from experience. Speak that from experience. So don't don't let nobody pressure you into doing anything. You have the upper hand, if no one told you. I'm telling you, you have to upper hand. And if you handle it um, with a strategic handling, you'll come out on top. You'll come out on top. And so after I experienced uh, those rough times and those things, I came out on top. I recovered. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I am who I am. and and I thank God for it and I can share it with others and I have and I still do just like I'm sharing it now that God can help you. But it requires us to make sure our perception is correct. We have to make sure that everything, we keep everything in check. Our vision, our sense, our touch, our sound, our taste, our social uh, perceptions, we have to keep all of that in check during the roughest times so that we don't become overwhelmed. Now, if you recall in Genesis, the 15th chapter, first verse, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. Now, did Lot know this? Did his wife and his daughters know this? They knew something based on the deliverance recently experienced. So the first thing is for us to remember God's ability. And God has the ability. And so remember that. Remember, he has ability. When there is opposition, you must maintain some form of stability and you will find stability in his word. Psalms 138, one through three says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee before any and everything that try to exalt itself, that think it's something, that think it's powerful. I'm going to sing praises unto the Lord. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. So we can rely on the word of God. Now it may not seem like it, but let me share something with you. That is the whole purpose of a testimony. A testimony tells you that I've been through that. A testimony says that I experienced that. And in my experience, um, I I did this and it worked out. Or in my experience, I took a different path and it didn't work out well. But then I learned from what I was doing and I took the right path. I got off the path that I was on and I got on the right path and it worked out. God helped me to get on the right path. So testimony tells you it's a testimony of what God has done and how things worked out. And everything uh, that we deal with, uh, testimony don't mean it is a good thing, but it's an, and it's an experience of what happened. And so we're telling you about an experience of what occurred. And so now the Psalmist expressed praise and he says before the gods, anything exalting in itself, meaning it is overwhelming, occupying your thoughts, causing discomfort is asking to replace Sovereign God and we're not going to allow that to happen we're not going to do that if you recall on Sunday this past Sunday August what was that uh August 6 um 2023 we talked about um Jesus and the authority he's given to us and that is the authority where we can tell our enemies to be quiet sometimes we have to tell our enemy to be quiet because they are trying to be boisterous trying to boast trying to stir things up when jesus came um, in those spirits that was within the man that was unclean well he was unclean by because of reason of the spirits that was possessing him and others he told them to be quiet be quiet and so you have that same authority to tell the situation to be quiet and when it's quiet you calm down mrs Lot chose to look behind she didn't see God as her greatest reward. He was a deliverer. I'm your shield. So I'm your protection. And, and she didn't see that. And so she, what she did see uh, caused her to lose her out on her deliverance because she looked back after being told not to look back. Lot said, hey, um, know. You want me to go into the mountains, but I fear that there's a life-threatening situation in the mountains. And so he wanted to go to the uh, to the to the land of Zorah and and they, they granted him that to go there, and then he gets there and says that he feared for his life. Now the daughters, the children, are exposed to their dad's lingering and inconsistency. This does something to our children. Our children are exposed to things. Um, they they're watching us and when you don't think your child is watching you, they are watching, they are listening, they are pairing, paying very close attention to what you do and what you say, they may not utter a word for days for weeks for months, and then all of a sudden they pour it out. Okay, so they're watching. I believe that there was an impact upon these daughters because of what they have experienced, what they've seen their mom, what they've seen their dad. And so the Bible tells us in Genesis, the 19th chapter, and Lot went out of Zorah and dwelt in the mountain, the very place that he told the angels he couldn't go because he feared for his life. Now he's going there and the daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zorah and he dwelt in the cave, he and his two daughters. So Lot said the mountains were too much. I might die if I go there. And then he goes to the other land and he says, okay, I'm scared. And he winds up going to the mountains where he was initially instructed to do. And the firstborn said unto the younger, our father's old. And there is no man in the earth uh, to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. The siblings began to talk among themselves as children do. However, their perception is severely distorted. It's marred. Things is wrong. Something's off. They they've forgotten all about the um, their uncle. They forget. They don't even. Worse, there's no mention or thought about Abram or Abraham. Uh, now they're they're just visual thinking about. Hey, uh, they're saying there's nobody. but We're not gonna meet a man. Now, remember a loss, a perception means a belief or opinion about something and and it's incorrect. And distorted means that they have been uh, pulled and twisted out of shape. So false kind of impression or or misrepresentation is present. So what did they do? They devised a plan. Come, let us make our father drink wine. We're gonna get him drunk. Uh, We will lie with him. That we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay, and then it went the next night, the, the other daughter went in. And, you know, and the Bible said that he didn't perceive when they, it said he didn't know when she laid down and when she rose up. And that's what the Bible said. That he wasn't aware when she came, when she, he know that he got drunk. And, but he don't know when, when. He don't know when either one of them came in or when they got up. Okay. I'm emphasizing that because I don't see where it says that he don't know that he had sex. All right. It just says he don't know when they came in and when they left. There is what we call incest referred to, which is a sexual relationship between a certain kinship or relations. And it is prohibited. We read that in Leviticus. Uh, you'll find that Leviticus 18 chapter and also in the 20th chapter. Now, these girls saw the world as being empty. In their minds, there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of man on the earth. So they know that there is sexual relationship between a man and a woman. And they felt that there was nobody available for them. Uh, They had a type of tunnel vision, to say the least. Uh, Their perception of what has occurred is that it's like saying that they were the only three left on the face of the earth. But that was not the case. Now some have even said that and settled. and this is what I call settling. Uh, where you look at a situation and maybe you're you know whatever age you are, and you say, well, I'm never going to have a boyfriend, I'm never going to have a, a wife, I'm never going to have a girlfriend, I'm never going to have a husband, I'm never going to get married. And so you know let's let's have some real talk here. Uh, women feel that there is no man for them, and so they settle. And the same thing for men. You might feel that, uh, you know, okay, well, there's no I haven't met nobody. And maybe you have raised the bar so high that that you you're not going to meet a man until Jesus come back. And he's he's not coming back for you by yourself. So listen. And I'm not saying lower your standards for anybody and no means am I saying that but to feel that there is nobody on the earth for you that there is nobody nowhere that meet your stand is incorrect maybe you are fishing in the wrong pond get stop cat fishing I, I know what cat fishing is but i mean you know catfish is where you also you're you're in muddy water and that's where catfish hang out and so stop going to the muddy water uh, fishing you may have to go somewhere else i was in alaska and I saw the, the, the large salmon uh, swimming upstream and jumping up to fall in order to go lay their eggs. And that, that was th- totally different than what catfish do. Catfish are bottom feeders. And so some of the things that you settle for, male or female, are bottom feeders. And I'm sorry, I'm not intended to talk about nobody and put nobody down. I'm just saying, don't settle. Because you don't have to, you don't have to settle. These girls were settling because of their perception, so they did. Or doing the same thing, we do the same thing. We find ourselves in a situation and we take a deep breath and we, okay, I'm just going to deal with this. It, it could be employment. You don't got to settle. Don't settle. It can be that you feel that you've reached a certain level in education and you don't want to go no further because, uh, because you're now 40, you know, and you didn't do it when you were 25. Stop settling. We settle in a moment. We yield to anyone instead of waiting or anything, instead of going on and pressing our way. So listen, you're not the only one waiting. Men are waiting and hoping to. Settling for someone. That is not worthy of your love, gentlemen. Don't don't settle. You don't have to settle. Keep a standard, you know. And certainly, um, it, I, I taught my daughters, and I still emphasize this to everyone not just not just them, but um, but there is no one that if you're doing well, don't settle for someone that's not doing well, that don't have the same uh, vision that you have of, of achieving things and have a good goal and you just settle for somebody, you go to school, you and they got their feet up watching the game. You sacrificing and doing things to better your life. And don't don't settle for that. Oh well they worked hard today. You're working hard too. You know, so don't settle. Don't settle. Now there I know there's some other dynamics to go along with that, but just take what I'm saying. If you have a car, they should have a car. Unless they just don't want to have one. It don't mean that you know, they they may not choose to have a car. And so they don't go buy one, but they have the money and they have the credit and they could get one if they wanted one, but they want to take the train. That's fine. That's fine. But after they, t- they take the train and take the bus, they shouldn't jump in your car and stay going all night or to the wee hour of the morning and then bring your car home and give it back to you. No, that, that's a problem. I, I've seen that. I know that those are signs. Those are major red flags. But you should not even get that far in a situation. No. Listen, so we're not settling, ladies, gentlemen. We're not settling. If your credit score is good, there should be good, too. Okay, And it doesn't mean things in life don't happen where your score might drop. But it should not be for some obvious reasons. All right. So yes, you need to check those things. Don't settle. Don't settle. Gentlemen, don't settle. We live in a day and time where where what you may think is a female is not. We were joking, but I'm serious. (laughs) I'm serious at the same time (laughs) as what I'm saying. You You know, if you're telling me that you're a female, I'm going to ask you if you have children. Do you have any children? and um was you know i'm not talking about adopted children uh, uh did you give birth to any children you know um let's be real there are people that look very feminine and carry themselves in such a way that they would fool you if you're not careful and you find yourself in a situation don't settle don't settle and they've even made movies about this but i'm on, i'm not going to stay there Let, let's go on we'll talk about that another day Don't use anyone either. Don't use nobody. Ladies, don't use don't get him drunk off of you. Your beauty, your lips, hips and fingernail tips. Don't don't get him drunk off of you and take advantage of him. Same thing. uh, Gentlemen, don't don't take advantage of her. Don't don't show you uh, how, you know, um, charming you might be and take advantage of her. Don't do that. You know, let, let's not do those sort of things. It's not cool. And it leaves, and certainly in the church, uh, we're not doing that. And at, at COG, Cornerstone of Grace, I will expose it uh, if I see that kind of behavior going on, because it disrupt things. And it's not good for their soul salvation. And people are the church to be delivered. It is not a social club, even though we socialize. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Uh, listen. Let's go on here. I'm coming. I'm I'm ready to close out and get out of this. Listen, out of this lesson. There were both. Uh, these were both the daughters of Lot, with child by their father. So, uh, we see because of a distorted view that this happened, and we have the Moabites, and we have the uh, Am Amorites or Ammonites because of this, because of their actions, their behavior. And what they did to carry on and, um, you know, instead of waiting and instead of examining, instead of uh, their perception. Remember, as we we close out of this, their their perception was messed up. Remember, their visual perception, their sense, their touch, their sound, their taste, their social, you know, all of this was messed up. And they acted out their behavior because their perception was incorrect. And it didn't just start at the uh, destruction of Salaam and It We see it because of the uh, look at the mom and dad, how they acted. Look at how they acted. And so we have to be very careful how we act. Um, You see these things among your children, even today and some of the things that you see that are going on with them is because they saw what was going on with you. And, and they may not ever say anything, but if you're for real with yourself, you'll see little things and you'll pick up on it. Um, and you'll know that, oh my gosh, that's me. Uh, I did that, you know, oh, that's my DNA at work. And and so let's be careful what we do, but let's remember that You know, in the course of our lives, a loss of perception leads to distorted actions. And with that being said, uh, let's thank God for his grace and his goodness. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness throughout this day, how you have blessed us, Lord God, and how you have kept us. Lord God, and I pray and ask that you will bless each one that is uh, under the sound of my voice as they go their ways, Lord God. Let us uh, leave but not leave your presence. Lord, we thank you. <laughs> we bless you. We bless your name, Lord. <laughs> Lord continue to keep us, Lord. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm serious in my prayer. I just happened to notice something. Lord, bless us, keep our minds stayed on you in Jesus' name as we enjoy your word. Amen. All right, uh, Anita and Beatrice. (laughs) All right, God bless you and continue to pray for us as we're praying for you.